Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. Good morning. Well, let's pray and we'll get into the Word. Amen? <clears throat> Father, we thank you for your Word. We thank you for your uh, goodness to us, Lord. Your Word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. We're so grateful for the written Word. Lord, that it transforms the way we think. Father, it has the ability, the power. You do in that word. Give us the ability and the, and the power as we operate and cooperate with you by faith to actually change what the world has conformed us to into a place of being transformed. Lord, you said we're to set our mind on things above, so we set our mind on your things. We're so grateful for your goodness for the unction of the Holy Spirit to speak and teach as we ought, Lord, to, uh, for the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Holy Spirit, you are our teacher and you bring all things to our remembrance that you've said to us. And so, Lord, even in the midst of a world that is dark, we have light. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Let's go over to James chapter 1. This is something that the Lord had said to me before, and it's, it's simply the truth. The definition of success in my life is obedience to Christ. The definition of success in all of our lives is obedience to Christ. Now, there are many blessings that we get being in the family of God, um, but the reality is, is that success is defined as obedience to him conformity to him um, he is the measure he is the stature right so um, we need to keep our eyes focused on obedience to him and not on other things because we'll get ourselves into trouble if we focus on stuff that we shouldn't um, if we focus on uh, world situations if we focus on um, the, our current circumstances. I actually heard a minister say this uh, a couple of years ago, and it's such a good statement. Um, we don't determine God's love for us based on what we're facing. God's love for us is determined uh, by the fact that he gave Jesus. That's it. Nothing else. So whether you, whether you uh, feel like you have the victory or not, you do. <laughs> because you're in him. Amen. And faith is this way. This is how faith is. It, you know, the whole, the whole principle of we walk by faith, not by sight. And teaching in the scriptures, I, I mean, the, the longer that I read, uh, you know, and, and have devotion to the Lord and all of those things, and every year we read through scriptures and we read through and we go to passages, you, you'll see a consistent pattern especially in the epistles. Most of what Paul deals with, and Peter, and James, and John, and all the boys that wrote, <laughs> you know what I mean? Most of what they deal with is, hey, you're in a fight. Recognize the three parts that you are. Manage those three parts and walk by what you don't see. It's pretty simple. <laughs> um, the problem is the enemy is very good, and, the, and there's a reason why those, those, those parts are the way they are, and they don't change. 
You say, what do you mean by recognize the three parts? You are a spirit, you possess a soul, you live in a body. Those three. Now, as you're reading through the scriptures, you're going to see the word heart. That could mean spirit or soul, or it could mean both. So you're going to help yourself by understanding spirit, soul, body, and thinking that way. Notice I didn't say body, soul, spirit. You're not a flesh first. You're a spirit first. Uh, this uh, this um, body that we live in is a tent. Um, I'm reminded of this every time I do a funeral. But one of the words for the body or the implication of the word depart, Paul said, I, I'm, I, I'm going to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better. The word depart is a military term. It's a farming term. It's, a, it's all sorts of terms, okay? But the word in the Greek means to take down a tent and take it up and, and move. So Paul didn't say I was going to die. Do you know actually death for the believer is not a thing? It's actually sleep. Now, not soul sleep like you, you know how some people, false religions of this, that's not some of what it is. Your body goes to sleep. It goes to, we actually don't die. Believers actually have already died. Because we died with, the scripture says we've passed from to life. You're already alive. But if you think tent first, that'll mess with your noodle. Right? <clears throat> As my grandpa would say. He'd say fun things to me like, use your head behind, besides something for a hat rack. <laughs> it's just really good wisdom even if it does hurt your feelings. <laughs> your feelings aren't that important. <laughs> Mine aren't either. All right, so, <clears throat> but you understand what I'm saying. We're not a body first, we're a spirit first. Now, it's important to teach your kids this. It's important to think this way because otherwise you, we do it without even because we're in the course of this world, we don't even think about it, we'll do it with that. We will consider all of the natural things before we do the spiritual things. And the spiritual things are more real, it's just there's more pressure uh, and darkness manifested in the earth right now than there is light. And that's why that seems to be that way. So that's why Paul made statements like, set your mind on things above. And so you don't want to underestimate, and we've said this before, but you don't want to underestimate what's taking place through simple obedience. <laughs> you don't want to underestimate it. Don't underestimate what's happening when you spend time reading the Word every day. Don't underestimate it. Now, I know, and Jim was here, and he's, he's not wrong in what he's saying. You know, a book, a flying book is not coming back to save us. Okay, it's not a flying, it's Jesus, right? But this is the doorway to the man, Amen. Christ Jesus. 
to the Father, to the Holy Spirit. Um, how many, you, uh, you can relate with this, I know you can, but how many, you've been reading the word and all of a sudden you say, I see it. What is that? That's a transformation of your thinking. So Ephesians chapter one, it's the spirit of what? Wisdom and revelation and then the enlightening of your eyes. Now, not your natural eyes. It affects everything from that realm affects this realm. Come on. Think about this. How many diseases were created in creation? None. How many? Zero. How many diseases does God have? Well, then why do we deal with disease? Because there's a whole lot of people that believe that it's God's will. <clears throat> so you're telling me <clears throat> that we serve a God who's schizophrenic. See, we, we, and we have to be careful about this because the enemy is very good at this. He'll remind you of everything that he's done, but he'll paint it in the picture of God. He will. He'll, he'll remind us of things and try to put into our thinking things that do not carry the identity of God, Jehovah. They're not from his character, but he'll try to paste his picture over the top of it. it he'll say things to you like this. If God really loved you, then why, why is this happening? It's a fun thought, isn't it? But it's just the truth. Well, if he really loved you, then you wouldn't have the problems that you have. We cannot trace everything back to God and put it in the sovereignty category. If we could, or if, we, then if that were the case, then... God is not only our destroyer, but he's also our savior. Now, I'm going to take this a step further to help your thinking. Because <clears throat> this really helps me. When I think about it this way. If that's the case, then what will heaven be like? Because nobody in any denomination thinks that heaven's an evil place, but yet they'll attribute evil to God here. So if he's authoring it, so then the next step that the enemy moves to because he wants us to remain in deception is he'll go, well, God allowed it. Is that what Genesis says? that God allowed it? If you mean that he allowed choice, well, then you're right. But if you go beyond that to where he authored it, because when you say God allowed it, you're saying God authored it. Now, free will is the issue, right? Where did God say 
and or or commission evil to Adam and Eve. He never did. Who was the commissioner of evil? Satan. Did was Satan created Satan? He was not. He was not. There is no scripture to prove that. The scripture is clear that he perverted himself. And actually what he did was he saw the principles of how God operated. He saw how God made him and he refused to honor God as his creator. He decided, I'm the creator. I'm going to be God. And then that is the argument all along from Genesis 3 on. God even told Adam and Eve ahead of time. He authorized, he, he, he gave them authority, dominion, Adam over everything in the garden. He gave him the ability, he had insight. He said, here's 14 billion trees, don't eat from this tree. And what is Satan good at? Getting, someone, getting us to drill down on what? The one thing. It's amazing. Uh, not amazing. I don't know if it's amazing. Maybe that's not a good word. <clears throat> but it is a little bit. It's amazing to watch how even with children, they can focus on one, even adults, one thing that is wrong. Uh, Keith Moore said it this way. I heard him say it this way years ago. He said, he said he'd have people come to healing school and they would focus on their, they had one bad finger, but they had nine good ones. And what do they focus on? The one bad one. This is, this is part of the reason why I believe that the Lord is so intent on saying to us, uh, be thankful. Now, it's not just, well, because the world and the enemy constantly hijacks truth, but he twists it, he perverts it, and he shaves off portions of it. Would just be positive. I'm not just being positive. I'm engaging with resurrection graces because I'm in a war against, against death. You know, the, 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 the psychology is in the church. The psychology of the world is in there. Well, just be positive. Just be positive. If you just be positive, then positive things will happen. You mean the law of sowing and reaping? Because it isn't the law of be positive. It, the scriptures are clear. I'm not just being, I'm not just saying by his stripes, I was healed. Well, that positivity will help you. What we need to say is, with this understanding of by his stripes I was healed, if I'm going to say that, what am I saying? I'm saying that the resurrect, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is operating in my mortal body, removing disease just like it did during Jesus and the apostles' days. I'm not just being pot, but this is a form of obedience. Now, don't think I'm not on my message because I am. It's James 1.26. It's talking about your words. 
being obedient, part of being obedient is saying what he said. Well, I'll be lying. Actually, you're lying more by saying what you see if what he said is opposite of what you see. Come on. Is it true or not? You know, people say, well, I just don't feel like it's true. Well, did the Lord say, speak what I said when you feel like it and it looks like it's okay? It looks like it's that. See, this is the principle of faith that people miss. They want the circumstance to change first and then they want to say. Go to Mark chapter 11. This is the scripture Brother Hagen wrote. People think. It's so funny to me. It's so funny to me sometimes how we get, you know, we pick sides on things instead of just sticking with the word. Well, my denomination is right. I've found fault in every one, including in myself. Amen. Boy, when I came out of Bible school, I knew a lot. I'm shocked at how much I didn't know. <laughs> All right. Verse 23, Mark 11:23. 23. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will what? He will have whatever he what? Whatever he says. Verse 24, therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Now there's two things going on here. You can say it or you can pray it. Either one. But both of them involve what? Involve what? Speaking. Is the mountain moved when they're saying it? Or is the mountain still there? Yeah, Mike's right. It's still there. <laughs> <laughs> they're saying to the mountain be removed and be cast into the sea and then what does he say go back up to verse 23 for me for assuredly I say to you whoever says to this mountain be removed and be cast into the sea and what does not in his but believes those things he will be done you're speaking from faith from the heart of faith, you're speaking words. Why would you have to not doubt in your heart when you're saying? Because it's looking like it hasn't moved yet. Now, what does it say? It says, he will, yeah, will be, but believes that those things he says will be done, are done immediately. Now watch, I'm going to hold here. Don't, don't lose that thought. I bind the devil in Jesus' name. <laughs> Control your head. In the spirit, it's done. So where is the patience factor come in? The soul and the flesh. We're waiting patiently. We're waiting 
to see what we spoke by faith come to pass in the natural. That's faith. Now, you're already operating in this. Now, watch what the enemy will do. Go back to James chapter 1. Because the enemy's just, I would cuss at him, but it doesn't do any good. He's just a sorry, yeah, he's evil. I mean, you, you can't, we can't imagine how evil he is. I mean, we can see some things, but I mean, I'm talking about if you saw his heart. I mean, it's just a wretched, twisted thing. He's wicked. And that word is in the Greek, it's wicker, twisted. He's a pervert. That's what it means. Now watch. The enemy's going to tell us this. He's going to say, well, things are just getting worse while you're waiting. James chapter 1, verse 2. My brother, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces or exercises, the Amplified says it this way, uh, it, it brings out endurance and steadfastness and patience. So while I'm waiting, I'm getting stronger, devil. Hmm. Yay. Glory to God. I'm getting stronger. You know, a lot of people are saying, well, it's just, it's just getting worse. No, it's not. I'm getting stronger because I'm standing on his word. So we can actually turn the tables in the fight, right? Well, it hasn't changed yet. It just means I'm getting stronger. Devil, you're going to wish you never. Devil, you're going to wish you never. Devil, you're going to wish you never. You're going to wish you never touched me. Because God's going to move, and he is moving already on my behalf for my good and for his glory. Not only will it be for my good, but it's going to be a double whammy. It's going to be for his glory, which means at the end of this, which is fast approaching, which is this mountain is going to be swimming. Mark 11, remember? Don't forget. Keep the synapses connecting, you know. <laughs> keep them going. Right? So it, it, that mountain's going to be, what does that mean? That means I'm going to be better off. Not only am I going to be better off, but I'm going to be more patient. Because I walk through what you're trying to do to me, and I declare that is not God's will for my life. That is being eradicated by resurrection graces that live within me, which include provision for natural things. I, anxiety will be gone. We get this opportunity to walk by faith here. I will come out perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Think about this. People say, really? That's what it says? Read verse 4. But let patience have its what? Perfect work that you may be and complete, lacking nothing. Yay. Glory to God. That's a good word. Well, I just don't feel the anointing. I know. You, you are in faith right now. And you'll feel the, don't, don't be concerned whether you feel it or not. 
Stay in faith. Stay in faith. Perfect and complete, lacking nothing. When people say, well, I just don't know how it's going to work out. Go over to Matthew 19. These, none of these are in my notes. So you're doing good, Jonah. You're doing real good. He's smiling at me back there. Of course, he's always smiling, so. <laughs> Matthew chapter 19. I just don't know how it's going to work out. I just don't, I don't see, you know, and people are talking about the, the doctor said, you know, uh, uh, this has, this situation hasn't changed for, for uh, 20, uh, let's see, 23 years or 20, 24 years. This situation, it's still the same. I still have that symptom. I still have this, that, the other, whatever it is. I still have anxiety. I still have depression. I still, I haven't seen the change. This is how people talk, right? So what does the enemy say to you? The enemy says to you, well, it's impossible. See, it's impossible. And with man, yes. Matthew 19, 26, sorry. If I didn't tell you, Jonah. And I'm going to read it, uh, it, I'll read it in the New King James and the Amplified, but it says this, but Jesus looked at them and said to them, with men, this is impossible, but with who? All things. <laughs> that does my heart good. The Amplified says, but Jesus looked at them and said, when with men, this is impossible, but all things are possible with God. And if you look at it, go to Genesis chapter 18. Verse number 14 says this, and the Lord's talking to Abraham and Sarah. Verse 14 says, is anything too hard for the Lord? Is it? The Amplified says, is anything too hard or too wonderful for the Lord? Does God look at my situation and go, oh, no. What am I going to do? I've heard people, they get so mad at the word of faith. I've heard people just get mad. Well, you, you don't tell people God will heal them. Don't, don't. And then they pull out their evidence, you know, of all the people that have died. Well, I could say don't tell people that God will save them. You Baptist, you. <laughs> you cessationist. You know, I could do the same thing because all the people that go to hell. That's foolish, foolishness in theology. It's arrogance, I'll just say it that way. Because what you're saying is, is God doesn't do his word because I know people that didn't get what God promised. Well, then God doesn't save people. I can make the same argument, except it's not made from Scripture. It's not, the, the argument is not made from what the Lord said. So, so what am I standing on 
And what am I thinking about if I, as a believer, if I'm told to think on what the Lord said? If I'm told to, to, to focus on that? What, what situation do I put myself in if all I think about is the person that didn't or situations that didn't get what God said was theirs? What am I building my house on? Because everything in this world around us tells us there's no hope and that you're dead and that you're not going to make it and that the situation is too difficult and that God can't change it. And the doctors will tell you that. There's nothing we can do. Well, it's a good thing I know somebody who happens to know how to do everything. Do you see that? Now, I'm, you know, I'm kicking around different areas where this applies, but it applies to every area. It applies to peace of mind. And guess what? How many have noticed that even in the midst of the glory of the Lord filling a room or the, the ministry times that go on, all of those things in the church, how many have noticed that when you leave, even if you get a good residue of that presence going, you can feel other things in a short amount of time. <laughs> and if I, if I allow my feelings to dictate what I say based on the moment, then what am I doing? I'm actually weaker in my faith than I maybe think I am. Right? I'm now in a place where I'm actually not as strong as I thought I were. This is tough. It's not tough. It's just good. I'll do this. I'll sit down with my kids sometimes. Why did this happen? Well, you know, this person did. No, 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 no. Why did this happen? Well, you didn't do this for me. Nope. I do this with myself. Why, why am I in this situation? I made a decision. Do you know what the world wants us to do? Well, you can't help but be that way because your parents were crazy. It's a generational curse. Ooh. Spooky. Can you tell the generational curse stuff irritates me? Well, you're saying it's not there? No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. All old things have passed away, and all things have become new. Well, it sure seems like I'm just, you know, I wear my socks the same way my dad did. <laughs> Let me give you an extreme example of this. <clears throat> Well, my dad was a horse thief. He stole horses. No, I'll just say my great-great-great-grandpa. Ooh, they were cow thieves. It's true. We looked it up in history. <laughs> they, you know, they called it McFarland's, the full moon McFarland's lantern. 
I guess because we'd go out and steal your cows. If you're Scottish, that is. <laughs> we'd go steal your cows. So now I struggle to drive by cow pasture. <laughs> I'm just like, I, I, Heidi, hold me, hold me. I, I just, I have to go steal those cows. I can't help it. Now, I rec- what I recognize is not a generational curse like there's some demon out there that just has control of me. That's ridiculous. The only way a demon has control of a believer is if they allow it. Now, they can do that through ignorance. I get that. Or through, you know, through just disobedience. You know, if I just choose to go and be in an environment when I had an addictive uh, issue before, after I'm saved, and I just keep being in that environment, and then I blame it off on God like, well, I guess I'm just stuck with this. He just, this is my cross to bear. That's like, you know, it just doesn't make sense. So going back to the cow stealing thing, if I was raised as a McFarlane, and my dad took me out cow stealing every full moon. Guess what I would do? Chances are good that I would what? Be a cow thief. Come on, think about this. If you smoke in front of your kids, chances are good your kids are going to what? Even if you sit there and go, don't do this, this is terrible. It's just terrible. Don't do this. Stop. Don't do. You don't want to do this. Now, these things are horrible. Don't do this. Is that a generational curse? I mean, in a sense, it's not a blessing, but it's not something that just takes you over. I'm just going to say this you got to watch out for teachings that try to help you go back into your past generations trying to find problems i'm going to recommend you stay away from them if the lord deals with you about something fine but you won't find that pattern of anything i'm talking about the holy spirit individually you won't find that pattern of ministry in scripture it's not there i always find it interesting you know they quote that scripture about curses going to generations And then they leave out the blessing, which goes to a thousand generations. It makes me chuckle. But it fits their narrative because they need to be able to control people. Well, you got to keep coming back to me because I got to get that devil out of you. (laughs) Like, like Like a demon is hanging out in your heart with Jesus. They're just sitting on the couch enjoying ginger ale together. Last time I checked, when Jesus showed up and demons were there, demons were scared. And they're scared of who's in you. Amen. So when we walk in obedience, we affirm those things. All right, James 1.26. We talked about faith, wisdom, now we're in obedience. James 1.26 says this, If any one of you thinks he is religious... And does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart. This one's religion is what? Huh. 
I like James. James is so plain. He, he, just, he, just, he was a pastor, you know. I think he was so plain they decided to kill him because they did. <laughs> but, but think about this. What kind of statement is that? Now, we read over these things, and we don't sit and think about what he's saying. You can come to the church. You can serve in the church. You can be on the worship team, the usher team, the greeter team, the altar care team, the parking lot crew, the security crew, the children's crew, the youth crew. You can be on everything. You can serve seven days a week. And if you don't bridle your tongue, it's what? Wow. That's a pretty strong statement. I wonder how important words are. Now, we know James deals a lot with the tongue, right? In fact, he goes to the point where he said, look, if you, have, you say you have faith, but you don't have action, and words are action, he said your faith is what? Dead. In other words, non-productive. That's strong, isn't it? But I wonder if we would just do what he said, what the Holy Spirit said, if we'd see a change. So he goes on to say, he says it's useless. So another translation says this, whoever supposes that he is religious but does not control what he says but deludes his own heart, this man's religious observances are valueless. Useless means empty, profitless. You could say this when, you could say when this truth is not heeded in a believer's life, their faith is dead. Another definition from Thayer's concerning this word useless states that the word means to no purpose. So the practice of our faith can be to no purpose if we do not bridle our tongues. What does a bridle do? On a horse. Steers it, right? What does your tongue do? It steers you. It steers you and me. That's why you need to say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go all the way to the end. I'm going to finish the work that God has given me. You know, you should adopt Paul's words. I've finished my course. Now, a lot of people, they go their whole lives, and they go, I just don't even know if I did what God told me to, wanted me to do. They'll say that. And yet Paul knew he had finished everything by the time he was 69. <clears throat> Is that rejoicing or depressing for you? <laughs> See, I don't, when I read these things, I go, okay, Lord, am I where I need to be? I don't sit back and go, man, eh, that verse doesn't apply to me. It bugs me if I don't see it. If I don't know that I'm where I'm supposed to be. You know I'm right where I'm supposed to be. I am exactly where I'm supposed to be. Now, plus or minus some maturity issues. 
I am in God's will for my life. And I am safe. And I'm just going to get more and more honed in it. You know, we're talking about pruning. We're in that pruning. I'm just getting more and more focused in it. And I want to get to the end of my life and go, yep, did it. Now think about this. I think about this. Because scripture says it. Paul made statements like this. He said, there's a crown waiting for me. Now, if most church members said that, the people around him would be like, that's arrogance. You don't know. Paul knew. Last time I checked, he was just as human as me. He needed a savior. <clears throat> right? So that means I can know. But if I don't speak in line with what the Lord speaks, then I'm hurting myself. I'll end up hurting myself. Bobby Andian said this, and this is just some good stuff about bridling the tongue, general life believer principles. You know, when you think about God's will, don't think about just, you know, uh, I got to go around the world and preach the gospel like Paul did. That may not be your call. In fact, it is 99.9% .9 of people's not, not their call in the church. Most people are not called to Paul's ministry. They're not. You're called to go into your world. So think about obeying the scripture. How do I know I'm in God's will? If I love my wife the way Christ loved the church, I'm in God's will. If I train my children up in the way that they should go so that when they're old, they won't depart from it, then I'm in what? God's will. If I go to work and work, as unto the Lord and not as unto my boss, what am I in? God's will. So I'm fulfilling God's will, right? If I walk in the fruit of the Spirit with my brothers and sisters in Christ, then am I what? I'm doing what? I'm walking in God's will. If I'm a giver of my finances to kingdom activity, what am I doing? I'm in God's will, right? Those are the areas where it starts and then it expands, the more I walk in the spirit concerning the Lord's will and his word, then he'll expand things for me into other areas. If I walk by faith and not by sight, what am I doing? I'm walking in God's will. Amen? So let's look at this. Bridle your tongue. What does this mean? We've got a couple of minutes. I can, we can land blast you a couple of more times here. <laughs> All right? Don't worry, next week we're going to talk about the rich young ruler, and it's really going to bless you. Talk about a guy who disobeyed. Chose his bank account over heaven. Ooh, it's going to bless you. Can hardly wait. It's been sitting in me for three weeks. <laughs> All right. Bobby Andian said it this way, it does no good to study and do good works if the tongue is undisciplined. A gossip who helps believers in need and witnesses to the sinner is a contradiction. <laughs> it's true. When the words of the mouth, as well as, an, as natural works, are under the control of the indwelling word, the Holy Spirit, the word of God, Christ, this man is mature and can look forward to great rewards. 
Colossians 3.17 says this, and whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God our Father, uh, God our Father, God the Father through him or through Christ. So what am I supposed to do? I'm supposed to be obedient in what? Word and deed. Both. Word and deed. Amen. Isn't that good? I'm telling you, if we obey with our words, we'll steer our lives like a ship is steered with a rudder. The impact will be great. Now, if you want to see, if you want to underestimate the value of the word in that area, just don't do it. Just keep saying what you've always been saying and see what you get. Brother Hagin would make comments to us like this. It's so interesting to me because people would get so upset. Just upset. Oh, I can't just say and just have things. Well, what are you saying? Where did you come up with that? Because Jesus said we'd be judged for every idle word. Is it true or not? I mean, just read through Proverbs sometime. Watch what Jesus said. Read the book of James. It's huge. And I'm, I mean, I'm talking to myself. Every word. So I started saying, the Seahawks are winning the Super Bowl. <laughs> I, see, now that's useless. All right. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm talking about us individually for our own lives. I'm going to go all the way. I'm going to complete it all. I'm going to do what the Lord has called me to do in fellowship and in work. I'm not leaving early. I'm not quitting before I'm done. No amount of contradicting circumstances is going to lead me away from what God has commissioned me to do. If it's me in an ark with eight others then that's what it has to be. You understand what I mean by that? Devil, you're a liar. I submit to God and I resist you and you have to flee from me because the power that is in me is greater than you and all your stuff in the world. My body and my life respond to the words that I speak from the graces that have been provided in his death, burial, and resurrection. Because this word every time puts faith in my heart and I speak from that place of faith. And my words come to pass. Which means the mountain is in the sea. Amen? Bless you guys. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.